Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. This is Katie, and I'm joined today by Yasmin. Yasmin, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, trade deadline is over, so all the uh, anxieties <laughs> related to what's happening in the uh, before that deadline it has passed. So we know what the league is looking like um, for the most part uh, up from now until the playoffs, at least. I wanted to ask if you felt as exhausted as I did. I felt like wrung out the next day. Yeah, um, it was the exact same way last season. Like, I think we also had the same, you know, Larry rumors about, you know, swinging through. But but the thing is, last season, it was just kind of it was just a rumor. But this season, it seemed like a sure thing just because of the all the smoke that was around it. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I was kind of like preparing for <laughs> um, Larry being traded. And I was mm-hmm. like anticipating that, which is like exhausting you know what I mean everyone is everyone wants to discuss it and everything um and yeah I don't I don't like change <laughs> that too <laughs> um, that was that was that was where my annoyance began and ended like I just don't really like change so um yeah, yeah I mean yeah I, I was wrung out like it was exhausting because um like everyone wants to know your thoughts on it and it's like I don't know man I don't really know what's the thing I just want to kind of wait and see too um but when it was done like when the clock hit 3 p.m i just kind of breathed a sigh of relief like okay we can just move on now especially with the the larry stuff like i didn't even know how i felt about it i think you know leading up to the trade deadline i went on i was like on a different shows and i was talking about oh yeah you know it makes sense if they want to move on from him i think you and i have talked about this too like the next team the next iteration of the team like to kind of move on they'll eventually maybe have to step out of what Larry has built there. But like as much as I talked, basically talked shit, because when it came down to it, I was like not prepared. I was oh, not yeah. prepared to I, by see the him end, leave. <laughs> when, when it got to about 2 p.m., I was like all aboard keep Lowry. Oh, man. <laughs> but, I know. I, but like that was just, you know, my um, – like there's a comfort to seeing him on the court for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did talk about that where um, the team kind of has to phase into their new identity and – you know, they have this core that they've accumulated over the years. And, you know, these guys um, have played at a high level. They came drafted um, into the Raptors or traded into the Raptors in the case of Gary Trent Jr. Um, into winning situations. So you have your guys moving forward and it's just a matter of having them develop like their own identities and everything. Um, but yeah, like it, it's it's kind of poetic in the sense that I, I didn't feel that they were ready you know what I mean to part ways with Larry mm-hmm. um it just you know obviously we spoke about it ad nauseum like this season has been just a mess um and it's been in you know a lot of turmoil for all of the guys involved probably at a personal level definitely at a professional level so um it's like these last few months of Larry you know are pretty vital like I, I feel like they weren't quite ready to part ways and having this time together can just kind of um, help them get through the season together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's absolutely true. I think the more you look at this season, it wouldn't have felt right. Yeah. um, For Larry to like, to be gone like that. Granted, it didn't necessarily feel right for Norm, but I kind of understand as much as that, like it hurts and it's going to sting tonight watching him. We're recording this on Sunday before the Blazers game. So it's going to sting and be kind of bittersweet watching him come back and 
play the team, especially thinking like, oh, what would that have been like if they were home in Toronto during that game? Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think like we can talk if we want to because we're going to start talking about trades. So maybe we should start with the East. I think it should make sense if we want to talk more about like the norm. Yeah. <laughs> the norm movement. Did that surprise you? Um, I knew Norm was being moved. Like I was convinced um, full mm-hmm. stop because of the fact that he's become um, such a valuable player and that he was certainly going to uh, pass up on his um, player op. Like he was definitely going to opt out of his player option so that he could um, get that that contract that he's earned because he's just been like a... he's really found his identity this season. Like, I think he's, we, we know his deficiencies, but we also know his ridiculous strengths. And, Mm -hmm. um, it just, it kind of felt like a inevitability. Like they definitely would have, um, gone a different direction. They, the Raptors were, um, due to skew younger, you know what I mean? So, um, I think that was the correct decision. Obviously it like sucks to see him go because, He's just been like a part of so many moments in the last several years. He's the second longest. He was the second longest tenured Raptor on the team besides Kyle. Um, and although that, you know, we, I think that you feel that extra um, connection to him in the sense that we kind of saw him come into the um, team as a um, second rounder. We saw him work his way up, gain a new skill every season. Um, so, but at the same time, like, I'm so happy for the situation that he ended up in because Mm -hmm. Portland is also a great organization, has a great development system. They, for years, we've been calling them Raptors West, you know, so, um, it's really fitting. He's going to be on a team where he could just shoot that ball and just be who he is. He's not being put in a system where he's, he's, he's being asked to, you know, um, take up another position or play outside of his strengths. So, um, you know, I, I feel like it was very like amicable. Like he, they both ended up with what they wanted. Um, and I, I love Gary Trent Jr. So I think that the Raptors um, got a player who is t- only 22 years old, which was, I was shocked to find out. I don't know why I thought he was like 25 or something. Um, and he is pretty much exactly what they need um, from the position when, with the loss of Norm. So they get a guy who's mm-hmm. like 6'6", can shoot amazing, plays pretty great defense, and has a super high ceiling. Um, so I'm really excited to see what his, um, you know, Masai said that he's definitely a core guy. So I'm excited to see how he works in the development system. Yeah, to your point about Blazers being Raptors West, I can't believe I got caught a casual for the first time this week by a totally random person on Twitter because I, I made that same comparison, but I was like, no man, like this is, we have been making this comparison for a long time. Yeah. There's like, there's a reason why the look and feel is very much the same. And why I think, you know, to like, this will help norm because it's going to make the transition so much easier and they can like utilize them, which they did right away and are like, so appreciative, appreciative of his shooting, which I think like it just, it is quite bittersweet because what we always wanted from Norm was this certain level of consistency um, in his game, you know, not these like bright flashes that we loved to have in the playoffs, but to have him play that way throughout the regular season. And then he did. And then he was traded. So I get it. Like, but that part kind of sucks because he just hit, he hit a different stride, you know, he, he kind of like upped his game to a different level. Um, and then they, they moved him because of that. It also feels a bit sad because I think when you look at OG, 
Siakam and Fred, Norm was always kind of, like, you know, they're like, those are the core guys. And like, you know, Norm was a core guy, but you knew if anyone was going to be moved, it was Norm. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he was yeah. the first one and he knew he must have known it too. So that, so that is just, I've tried not to like spiral and think about that kind of stuff, yeah. but you make a great point about Gary. I think it was, I think it was Lowry that said, you know, just like what he'd been doing. He hadn't, he's not going to be asked what he's going to be asked to do on the Raptors is not what he had been asked to do in Portland, just in terms of like expanding his game, especially on the defensive end of things. He is definitely a capable defender. And I think nurse was like pretty happy with what he was able to pick up on the fly, just in like one game. I always think about that too. Like yeah, the Raptors in Portland aren't, yeah, he didn't shoot. They're like well. not that different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean he had a couple but yeah like but just like that switch that change right of a player going to a new team and having to pick up on something like that right away yeah Um, obviously some are better at it some are not so good at it some still haven't gotten it but uh, I think like to me I guess I feel a little bit heartened because I think what this is going to mean for the Raptors is they go into the offseason and they look at the core they have and then they just they have to just tinker with it and kind of like built up build up like more support around it, mm-hmm. whether that's you bring in like a capable, another capable center or just like a, you know, a big or somebody else and just tinker versus like a tear down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I agree. I, what's funny is that like, um, first of all, like Masai, he tends to trade guys when they've reached like kind of the peak of their value. Um, he did it, you know, with Damar, he did it here with Norm, um, even with JV, like you, when a player kind of becomes what they are and they've shown, they've shown like that, that curve is kind of, that learning curve is kind of just plateauing. Um, that's when they tend to be moved, which is like the, the best option. It's like what you, you're supposed to do and kind of find, um, guys that'll fit the identity of the, the new kind of era of, um, of the core that you're trying to establish. And for the Raptors, like it seems to be like the priority is like just getting guys that are strong, uh, super, super versatile and um, having them kind of connect in the way that past Raptors teams have done so well. So I'm really like this year is a write off to me. Like I'm really excited to see Mm -hmm. them just come back to Toronto and just get that semblance of stability for them so that they can actually begin um, that, process of building chemistry and finding what works and finding their style and everything because you know we were just saying like that the Portland is like kind of Raptors West but that's that's like the Raptors of you know 2014 to 2019 mm-hmm. or 20 not even 819 2018 mm-hmm. that that's kind of like that four-year span that people have been calling them that but like you know in this new era of you know a guy like OG uh, a versatile forward um you know as dynamic as Pascal and you have you know a Fred Van Vliet um who's very different from a Dame Lillard <laughs> um but yeah it's just a it's a it's a it's it's exciting. Like I'm just I'm I'm kind of um, just waiting for. I guess that was that's why I was kind of um, leaning towards like a Lowry trade because I was a bit eager to just have them um, press play on the next era, you know? Because uh, by mm-hmm. all accounts, the past one is kind of um, closing up. You know, it's we're we're out of that phase at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something no, that kind of ties into this trade or to. Um, the um 
idea that Larry was going to be traded. And it seemed all but done <laughs> with all of the stories that were just firing away as that clock was moving towards 3 p.m. Um, and that's uh, Philly. Like, Philly seemed... Who did, who did you... Let me ask you, who did you think um, seemed to be the closest to securing Larry, just based on what you were reading and all of the stories that were firing out? Was it Philly or Miami? Yeah, I liked the offer from Philly more at a glance, but it seemed to me that this all the momentum was pointing toward Miami, which was making me a little bit nervous because I was like, <laughs> it's so dumb that this deal hinges on Tyler Hero, but obviously he's a very important player to them. That That became pretty clear. But yeah, I thought like Miami also, I think for me, I could picture Lowry playing alongside Jimmy and Bam and liked that for him more than Philly in a sense, uh, especially for just like, I don't know, just like the style of basketball, the way that I think he wanted to, I would like, like to see him compete. Granted, obviously the Sixers are at the top of the East, but yeah, I, I thought it was going toward Miami. Did you think Sixers? Um, yeah, it seemed like um, I was, yeah, I was leaning Miami. Um, because it seemed that the Sixers kept releasing like um, leaks to their reporters that the asking price was just too steep for uh, for Kyle. And it's funny because um, in the first, was it? I think it was a post game after um, the the Suns game versus the Raptors the other day, where Kyle was like, you know, it's just it's it's so the, this this organization values me. They value me highly, or something along those lines. Um, and I and Iman mentioned that it seemed like he cho- chose his words very carefully uh, because of all of the stories that were saying that the Masai was ridiculous for his asking price. And even Masai clarified that he values Lowry so high because he's seen firsthand how he can just change the complexion of a of a team. You know, just his presence. Like um, it has he has the ability to rally guys. They they buy in because of him. Um, mm-hmm. And when we, you know, when Larry's bought in, like he just gets everyone on the same page and he's just so blunt about it, which is great. And it's what the team has kind of fed off for so long. So um, that that was always so funny to me when I was just seeing, and even today, I think it was today, earlier today where, or yesterday, where Daryl Morey said uh, it was La La Land asking price or something. <laughs> I did. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. He was on, he made an appearance <laughs> on some sports show where he was, um, calling in and he said that he alluded to the price asking prices being too high. I think it was like two firsts, um, mm-hmm. Thibel, I believe, or Mac, yeah. I, I think it was Thibel and, um, it was Danny both. Green. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. And like Masai admitted to it, like in his, his next day, uh, when he gave a presser, he just said like, yeah, you know, if there's bias, we are biased, but like, we also know what this guy can do. And, this is just our price, which I think to me struck me as pretty interesting because like some of these things are just so the price, it's just determinant on what is happening that season and who needs a player most really. And I think like this was Lowry's market. Like he could have made any team infinitely better of any of the ones that we theoretically were in the running to get him. Mm -hmm. So I I just find that so interesting because it's like, eh, it's steep to who, you know, it's like, it's steep to someone who doesn't want to, pony up but like someone inevitably would have or will so um I, I don't know I think like when we look at Philly and Miami though if we want to talk about who they got I don't know I like George Hill but I feel like that's not 
that shows you <laughs> what the Sixers were willing, right? Like that's where that was their comfort level. It was kind of comical because I think it was um, several minutes before the trade deadline where it said that George Hill was moved to the Sixers and Sixers fans like Sixers fans were like what <laughs> and then I think that indicated that they were out of the running for it because <laughs> um, yeah I don't know George Hill does not in my opinion in the least fix what they were trying to fix by getting a Larry um, mm-hmm. but we'll see how that turns out because <clears throat> um, like to me that the, uh, Maury had the opportunity to kind of swing and say that at least he gave it a huge shot. You know what I mean? But he values picks so mm-hmm. much. Like mm-hmm. you have your picks, um, you have an opportunity to get an all-star talent who would definitely stay long-term if you were to get him. Like he may as well stay in his hometown and finish his career. But, you know, um, I think that, I think that his Kyle's age um, was probably a bit of a deterrent and it makes the off season more interesting because He'll have once again two options like a sign and trade, or do you just stay with the Raptors and you know end your career here? Like you see, these teams are kind of iffy about your value and that they're will willing to uh pivot mm-hmm. so quickly. Um, you know, how does this pan out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when you look, I think at what you know, Miami eventually got Oladipo. Um, I think that to me tells a much different story than a player like Lowry if he had gone there, obviously. Like, I think I'm not in the camp where I think Oladipo is finished. I think that's a bit reductive and kind of extreme, frankly. But we also haven't seen him play to his full, I think, capability uh, in a few seasons. So I'm curious to see that fit. But it also is like, you know, when you look at George Hill and Victor Oladipo, these guys are two. It's just like different ends of the spectrum if you want to place Lowry on that, you know? Yeah. If we're going to like, I'm also, you know, I also believe in Oladipo. I think, uh, I think that he's going to be fine. You know, he's had a lot of instability mm-hmm. the last few years, but uh, what's funny is that we keep um, like dogging Maury and the Sixers for not making the risk, but like, because I understand that the asking price was steep, but all Miami had to do was pitch in Tyler Hero. <laughs> and it basically all hinged on Tyler Hero, which is like horrible. <laughs> like that's so it no. <laughs> that's not something that's going to age well at all. Like at least Maury could say that, you know, two firsts and our young core, like we can't do that. But mm-hmm. come on, just Tyler Hero. Like we probably wouldn't have involved Duncan Robinson in that case. But yeah, I, do, I don't I don't know if Oladipo solves, you know, the problem that the, you know, I could be wrong because he does give them another defensive wing. But um, I feel as though they needed another playmaker because they technically don't have a starting point guard um, with Drogic off the bench. Um, it's not, you know, it's none of their strengths in the starting lineup. They can all play make, or at least Jimmy and Bam can play make to a certain extent. But um, beyond that, you kind of need a floor general. You need someone who's comfortable consistently running the offense. So um, Larry would have just fit like a glove for them. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Oladipo won't hurt. Like, I don't think they're going to be worse. I think they might be a tiny bit better, but I still don't think that they're contending with Philly and the Nets in that case. And speaking of another team in the East that's making changes, that doesn't necessarily make them worse or much better. Maybe (laughs) Uh, the Nets keep piling on, (laughs) keep piling on players. Um, They could sign anybody at this point. Melbourne's off limits. Uh, I'm unclear how many more roster spots they've got open, but they, They picked up LaMarcus Aldridge 
Um, what do you think about this? I, I saw a tweet yesterday that said that if you showed someone in 2016 the Nets roster, they would have screamed. <laughs> they thought like their brain would have broke. Um, and I died at that because that's so true. Like right now, I, I hate when people are asking like act, acting like um, LaMarcus Aldridge is like moving the needle <laughs> for them. Um, I, I doubt he's even going to get, you know, consistent minutes in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he's older. He's his his. Um, feet on defense have gotten even slower um i'm not sure what they i don't know i honestly don't know what the point was in getting him like the blake griffin acquisition also confused me because i'm like you guys clearly need a back a defensive center or at least another defensive wing like someone it doesn't even even if they can't shoot it doesn't matter you guys have like a bunch of players that could shoot like even ronde would have worked for them so um this was uh this is weird um uh, and I, I said yesterday, no matter what happens in a couple of years, this team would look really hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is like, to me, I mean, it's like a billionaire's just like building a team of players. They liked when probably the last time they tried to do this is around that time you mentioned yep. is like, you know, like when they, well, probably a little bit earlier, but you know, in the Paul Pierce, like KG Nets era, when Cy, Joe Tsai tried to do it then, uh, I feel like he's trying to do it now, but what's funny to me, and I have made this comparison before, but like building a super team of the East, um, but not following the Warriors model in the sense that it's that good. It's just a lot of big names that you probably like, like you like to see these guys play basketball. It doesn't mean that all these guys playing basketball together, as you said, makes the team all that good. Yeah. Um, but separately, I like everybody. Uh, I am like secretly happy for Blake because he gets to bring like, I don't know, Lob City 2.0 back. But then I was also like, I don't know, though. Like, I don't think DeAndre Jordan is p- really playing, but I also think they're just going to keep him around um, for vibes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, he's just a good locker room vibe guy. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it doesn't like the Warriors. What made their super team building so good was that it literally plugged every weakness a team could have. Yes. Um, whereas with this, there are still like glaring holes in their um, roster construction. So I'm I, what, what's so great about this season's playoffs is that um, I feel like last season there were a bunch of teams that you know only one team can win the championship, but there are a bunch of teams where they were contenders, but a loss in the playoffs won't be the end of the world. But this season, I feel like um, in the postseason there are a lot of teams with high stakes, like the Clippers are going to have to re-sign Kawhi Leonard. Um, the Bucks just signed, you know, Giannis to a five-year. They're going to have to deal with Drew Holiday's free agency. You have the Lakers who are going to, you know, try and repeat. You know, it won't really be a great look if um, at, at, at if they're healthy. Um, not winning again would really put their um, uh, bubble um, championship into question for a lot of uh, viewers. Um, and who else? Who else is contending? Like even the Nets, like with all these names, mm-hmm. <laughs> not resulting <laughs> in a championship. Like I said, in a couple of years, it's going to look really funny. Um, so we're bound to like get a movie <laughs> in the finals of just... Um, a lot of guys with a lot riding on it um, for for like obviously superficial reasons. In the end, it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. it's but for you know they they do take pride in their name and their legacy. So it's gonna see it's gonna be very very interesting um, to have a high stakes postseason. Um, but um, another team 
um, speaking of, uh, you know, the Clippers and Kawhi and whatnot, they got, they traded Lou Will to Atlanta um, and they got Rondo. Uh, when we, when we told the Clippers that they needed a point guard, I wasn't expecting this. Um, <laughs> they, they had their name in the arms race for Lowry briefly, but everyone kind of just laughed it off <laughs> because their assets were not something that would appeal to a team looking to do a soft rebuild like the Raptors. So, um, Rondo, I, I like playoff Rondo is definitely real. Um, he's an awesome playmaker, decent defensively. I think they do get some IQ on the court, which Kawhi has commented on <laughs> a couple of times now. Um, and I, I, it's, it's an okay move. It's kind of like a, um, I think it's a little better than the George Hill pivot for the Sixers. Um, but Lou Will, um, on the Hawks is kind of funny because I feel like their already poor defense has worsened. (laughs) Um, and now they're just purely running off of like offensive fumes now. Yeah, it's true. Cause like the Hawks is such like, they're an interesting team to me because they are, they're kind of like young shooting gunners and they've been on a pretty hot streak, but they do need someone to put that all together, especially when it eventually peters out, you know, like, cause that is what happens. Like teams like that will hit a lull. They just have to be able to sail through it and know that, you know, they'll get hot again on the other side of it. I don't know that Lou, I mean, I like him. I like the idea of him in Atlanta, but I don't know <laughs> again, like what this really does to the team. I also like the, the tra- like Trey Young is interesting to me because I feel like he is just such a personality, but he's kind of a personality that to me sometimes fights against his team uh, in the sense of just like, them figuring it out to be cohesive together just because he is like such a star piece and he takes up a lot of oxygen in that. So we'll see, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and, you know, to your point before about moving the needle, playoff Rondo is a thing, but uh, regular season Rondo, I'm not sure. I also wonder how he'll, he's going to get along with Serge honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be funny because Serge (laughs) relies on his point guard a lot. So, um, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be amusing. There's a lot of personalities in that room with Pat Bev and everything. Um, so hopefully, uh, they keep it together or, or, or don't because I enjoy, I enjoy those second round exits too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so moving on, um, the other LA team, uh, made a pretty um, big acquisition today. They got Andre Drummond, who was bought out by the um, Cavs. It was the Cavs, right? I keep, I'm losing track of where he's moving. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So <laughs> it seemed like the Celtics were favored to get him. But once again, <laughs> um, we got those stories that Danny Age was close, but not quite uh, close enough. So Drummond to the Lakers... I don't, it seems that he's going to start just based off what, what I've seen. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, he he gets to the rim at one of the highest rates in the NBA, but he's also one of the worst finishing big men in the NBA. I think he is the worst finishing big man in the NBA. Um, so he's a guy that even a lot of his rebounds are just misses at the rim mm-hmm. uh, from his layup. So I don't, I don't know how I like this. Like I don't, LeBron has the ability to much like Larry to just, you know, bring the best out of players. So we'll see how this um, turns out. I, I honestly don't know how to feel about it. I, I don't like it. I don't think. <laughs> it's interesting to me because it seems like 
you know, the Lakers were a team that made everybody panic, I think, at the end of last season and like try and size up. And I think that's why, like, that's why Serge and Mark found such good deals. That's why, like, every big man kind of could go where they wanted to. It was their market. But when you look at them losing Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, I mean, I, well, one, I love JaVale McGee a lot. I'm so happy that he is going back to Denver. I think that's great for him. Um, but when you look at the two of them and then you look at, I thought an honest improvement just in terms of defensive IQ in Marcus Hall, but now you have Drummond in and it's like, yeah, maybe these aren't particularly flashy defenders just in the way that they play, but neither were JaVale um, and Dwight, you know, like they, they that is true. Yeah. kind of worked in the system with like between AD and LeBron and then just like their shooters. So I wonder a part of me was like, does it even matter who it is? Or are they just looking for big bodies? Which I hate, like I hate that kind of thing, but it's like, they're kind of interchangeable. Again, I think Mark is a huge improvement. I question whether, I mean, he's, I know he's been sick and he's been out a little bit, but I also question if they're utilizing Gasol correctly uh, on court, but maybe that's not how LeBron wants to play things. Yeah. Um, with the Raptors, they had literally no, offensive expectations from Gasol other than play defense and, um, you know, use that brain of yours to make the correct pass. Um, So, and that tiny role allowed him to like just really thrive on the team uh, for the most part, at least. Um, But I feel like the Lakers, with the Lakers, I think the fans and maybe even the team had a lot of expectations about his offensive output. Um, and you know, Mark would have like these three point games and somehow be the best player on the court (laughs) for the Raptors. Um, but I guess that hasn't been the case because, um, people have even been complaining about his defense, which is like something I've never done. Like, sure. He got kind of exposed in the pick and roll versus the Celtics, but that was, you know, a second round playoff series after a long hiatus for an older player. So, um, in the regular season, that wasn't a problem. We saw him guard, um, Steph Curry's pick and roll beautifully. So um, it, I, I don't know if they're, if this is their way of kind of phasing him out of the rotation or um, just getting another look at another body and seeing how, um, because there's, Drummond and Gasol are just such different players. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe they're just trying to get another look. But yeah, I feel like ugh, a lot of, I, I don't remember this many like big contract buyouts in a single season like can you recall like there wasn't that many last season at least like with Aldridge and Griffin and Drummond like those are those are like big contracts yeah they are and I think it's like if you go back to even free agency when like the Bucks signing Giannis and I'm blanking on there was like another relatively large signing it strikes me is that maybe just teams don't want to wait they just want to do their shuffling all they can um but I think it probably has to do with last year's like both compressed and then extremely elongated season. And then your short, you know, your short um, off season and then getting into this weird season. I think it's just made GMs kind of grasp for what they think they need in the moment. Right. Um, and then um, like the teams that can really afford to do that are the ones that are looking at a long kind of playoff run anyway. And I think in that case, they're just trying to pad out their rosters in case players, you know, knock on wood, get hurt, or like with the reality of you're still playing through a pandemic. So I think the one, the teams that want to have a deep run perhaps are looking at looking at this in more of a like coldly calculated way. 
and are just like, all right, we need, we need, we do need just like bodies around, which I hate saying, but I do wonder if like you look at the top three in either conference. And I think those three teams are in a good position to have really deep playoff runs, but the rest, it's kind of questionable. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and it's, it's funny because with the Raptors, um, just looking at the ages of their core, um, Pascal and uh, Freddie will be turning, um, I think, 27 in the spring. Um, and then the other guys are all in like their early 20s, at least the core. Um, and they're kind of positioned to um, compete in a couple years um, at a high level, uh, which will likely be when a lot of these superstars are reaching older age. So mm-hmm. I feel like they're really they're positioned for a, a for an approaching window where um, I think the league will be wide open. So um, it's funny seeing teams scramble to compete now when the level of competition is so high across the board. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we have one more team to cover, which is another one of these contenders, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they traded for Aaron Gordon. Uh, I believe they sent out Gary Harris. I don't know who else. That's all I can remember from that trade. But um, it, it really did kind of fulfill a need that they had with the loss of Jeremy Grant. They needed a defensive wing to – or at least a, a wing with some athleticism and strength to at least help um, deal with um, the uh, bigger bodied scores in the NBA, like LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi, um, Giannis, KD, um, et cetera. It goes on and on. But um, I they kind of just did satisfy that issue that they had, that hole in the roster with Aaron Gordon, even though um, he hasn't had the best numbers. He hasn't had the best efficiency considering his his size and his athleticism. Um, I I like this move for them. I like the idea of him kind of being like the athletic appendage for Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> Just an extension um, of his mind on the court. Um, playing off of him, cutting, catching lobs. I feel like it can look really interesting. So... Um, I, I do like this move for them. And it's funny because I was complaining about the Jazz not having, like, having the same issue as Denver. Uh, and I was expecting them to um, do the same thing, get a get a big guy who can guard and who's young and athletic and who can deal with guarding um, these superstars for 40 minutes uh, in the playoffs, you know. Uh, but they haven't. So um, I'm I can't wait to see how that, turns out for them in the postseason when they're matched up against one of these teams with these small forwards and power forwards. Yeah, I like this move a lot. Mostly also, I think, because Aaron Gordon's looked a little bit unhappy in Orlando for a while, you know? Like, yeah. I think, um, I don't, I mean, I guess I, I do get it. I just, it wasn't really like a team. It was supposed to be built up around him, um, but it didn't really work for him any longer. But I do like this a lot for the Nuggets. I think, you know, I always thought like, Murray and Jokic kind of need a third, like a consistent third. Uh, and I think Gordon can be that for them. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I just kind of want to see him be able to play. No offense to Paul Millsap, who I deeply respect and like a lot. <laughs> but I think like just for Gordon to play that explosive style of basketball that we kind of know from him and we haven't seen from him in a while. So I hope it's still in there. But I think this frees him up a lot. Yeah, um, I feel like he can 
be that opportunistic guy who, you know, finds the seams and the defenses to kind of exploit them and pressure it and use his speed and mm-hmm. maybe stand in the corner and just run down the baseline, you know, for cuts and whatnot. So I, I feel like he can totally do that. Um, it was funny seeing people react to him demanding a trade out of <laughs> Orlando because it's like, who? <laughs> like, uh, it's funny because for years we've been saying it, it, t- this year is going to be Aaron Gordon's year. And it's just, I feel like it's been that way for the last five years. So hopefully this year <laughs> on Denver is his year. Yeah. Well, he's got some good size around him. It's an already athletic team. He adds another kind of element of athleticism to it. So, I, like, I hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that is the trade deadline for you guys. Our thoughts yeah. on all of the moves. Um, we'll see you guys next week. The Raptors play tonight. They meet up with Norm again. Um, so soon. I if Someone mentioned we had to wait like a year and a half to see JV <laughs> versus the Raptors. So this was very quick, literally... Two days or something later, the Raptors will face off against Portland. Um, I can't wait to see that matchup. Hopefully, Norm scores crazy and the Raptors win anyways. That's the best outcome in my mind. Um, And we'll catch you guys next Sunday. Bye. Bye.